This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Craig, what was worse, your journey home yesterday or my first attempt that no one will ever hear to do the intro on the podcast here at 8.33 in the morning? Your first in- attempt at the intro. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, because the journey was fantastic. The journey is always oh. good, and I think instead of spending an hour talk, but we should talk about, as everyone will probably know, the A14, A1 oh. journey now up the east east of the country is it's a joy. Magnificent. Mm. Well, I used to um, God, I used to do that back in the day. There used to be a roundabout every <laughs> every sort of yep. I don't know three four minutes. Yeah, pro- problematic. What do you think of Britain's roads, Dave? Oh, do you know what? I don't see so much of Britain's roads now like I used to, Ben, as you well remember <laughs> when we worked together, I was always on Britain's roads, so I don't really see that much. But I have to speak up for that A14, A1, or however you want to describe it, Link. It's a thing of beauty. Oh, it took dear. bloody long enough to do, I know that. Yeah. The one that gets me is the Catthorpe interchange, oh. which literally doesn't exist anymore. It's all <laughs> flown over That was now. the worst of it. That was always the worst of it. Do you know it, what? Dave, I did a I did a strange thing that no one should really, really ever do. When, I went to the services on the M6 toll a few weeks ago for a business meeting, and I've always thought, why on earth, if you're paying for the M6 toll, Craig, would wh- why would you stop? The the whole point is that there's this, and obviously I'll I'll use my words carefully. There's perhaps a tacit arrangement there when you pay for the M6 toll that you may go a little bit. There may, may not be any, reach, there may not be any spying eyes watching you while you're driving. You, you may be able to move expediently, but yeah, the, yeah I, I, <laughs> I went to the services. I, I you know, I've always thought, why, why would anyone? Who, who's in there? It must be empty. Surely there's people just hossing it down the M6. So anyway, we've talked long enough about the roads. Um, I've, I've got a new segment for you today. It's it's Ben's wheel of names for the transfer window okay so i've got well they're not all transfer window topics i've got seven names um i'll throw at you you can have first pick craig because you went all the way up to sheffield yesterday and neither dave or myself did here are seven names and you can talk about any one of them thomas holly andy holt jay matete dom thompson scott fraser louis barry or Tyree Simpson. It doesn't look like either of you want to talk about any of them. Uh, we can sure we can knock them all off in the space of eight <laughs> seconds. Now, <laughs> knock Holt, yeah, knock one off. Been there and done, done him. He he had his he did his job and com- completely one hundred percent impacted on yesterday's performance. Well, yeah. so what he we had talk- the most impact on yesterday's performance. Andy so Holt. what we're talking about is the Andy Holt um, apology, aren't we? He's he's come out and apologised. So I assume he'll be returning to Twitter. Next next week, um, what what was your views on his apology, Craig? Um, 
Um, it served a purpose for him, I'm sure. It, as, he, as you said, as we've all said, it's a nice, I'm sorry if you're offended. It's just the kind of guy I am. You know, I shoot from the hip, take it or leave it. Okay, mate, we'll leave it. Thanks. Um, yeah, no interest in what the guy has to say anymore. It'd be interesting to see what happens next year when we play them, I suppose. Um, Dave, I once got in a brilliant Curb Your Enthusiasm-like moment. We we played a gig um, years ago and um, we were we were sat with some some people afterwards and one of them said said to me you should get your hair cut <laughs> oh dear, oh, dear. You, you you know that type of guy i am that's not gonna and um i questioned this person back and they said to me um oh well i just say it how it is that you know i'm just a peanut and i'm like no you're not you're just rude <laughs> that went that way it went quiet but it's a little bit like um andy holt's um sort of um view of himself as as Craig as Craig says I'm that kind of guy but it was a bit of a would you rather the apology hadn't even happened if it was going to come like that Dave definitely yeah I didn't serve any purpose at all just rub further salt into the wound really didn't it and um I think as Craig quite rightly said he was a Mr Morsey was a big miss certainly yesterday and always was going to always was going to be in a game like that yesterday absolutely uh Dave Holly, Matete, Thompson, you know Barry Simpson. Unexpected. I'll, I'll have a little shout for Thomas Holly, I think. So Thomas Holly's got a loan move away to um, away to Port Vale for the rest of the season. So he's going to get some game time. And I did have a little look-see um, yesterday evening. And um, fair play to him. Kept a clean sheet and a 1-0 home win over Scunthorpe. So good news, um, good news for him. And I think... Yeah, one was always going to go out because I believe one of the younger keepers was it Burt White was um Burt, was rich, was a great name and it is a it's like a nineteen thirties footballer name. Is it, it Robert? Was, uh, uh, Bertie? Albert, uh, Bertrand? <laughs> Bertrand Russell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Literally going to say those two words. There you go, Bertrand um, Traore. Uh, so, sorry, Bertrand Traore. Oh, Bertrand Traore. Uh, there there are loads of them. Loads of them out there. Yeah. And um, so he um, he was recalled. So Holly made his debut, one 0 win. Um, so yeah, good luck to him for the for the rest of the season. He's going to get some game time. And I think yeah, that Port Vale going to say are there or thereabouts. I think they're three points off the playoffs, <laughs> game in hand. Well, wouldn't we wish that? Um, and, um, yeah, so fair play, fair play to him. But you're right, there was a fair bit of activity flying around. And a very quick mention, if I know you're only one, very quick mention. Sadly, it doesn't appear to be anything in the Matetti link, does it? Apparently, allegedly. Is that going to be okay? We'll take that. He's he's kind of done too. Then I, I don't want to waste this opportunity, Craig, of a rare mention for Port Vale. Port Vale actually made an entrance in my week as well. I was doing a video um, on the excellent Benjamin Bloom Football Channel about the ten uh-huh. worst Championship teams ever, and uh, two of them were in ninety nine, two thousand, and Port Vale were. When you really? got any Port, got any, yeah, um, I think you got thirty six points. Uh, Port Vale and Swindon. Swindon went into admin um, that season, if you remember. Um, we beat them twice, obviously. Uh, that doesn't sully our wonderful promotion season, of course, the fact there were two whipping boys at the bottom of the table. Um, you got any Port Vale um, uh, memories? Anglo-Italian Cup? Tony Naylor um, bagging Craig? No, I've, I've never been to Port Vale, so I can't give you any um, indication on what the journey was like up there and how the A1 <laughs> went 22 years ago. Um, It'd have been awful. Yeah. No, no. I think I went there uh, a couple of times, actually. <laughs> Didn't they? We we got far on the Anglo Italian Cup. Didn't they come down here and Tony Naylor? They beat us like four two. What does that ring a bell? I don't know. Yeah, he scored a hat trick, didn't he? And yeah, we were, um... we were like advancing quite nicely. We thought, oh, hang on, a bit of silverware, and then Port Vale came and did a job on us. Circa ninety six, I guess. Yeah, there's a there lots of people who got pictures of the programs. There's a young Andrea Pirlo, I think, in one of the. Um, I don't know which team would it be like Reggiano. Port Vale. Oh. Right. <laughs> no, not playing for Port one. Vale, um, sadly. <laughs> print, this, wasn't he, I think, yeah. <laughs> I do think they had, do you remember that lad, Anthony Gardner, who went on and played for yeah. Spurs? He was a good Spurs. player in that in that team as well, could play up front as well. Um, Dave Craig has been quite quite selfish, I think you'd admit. He knocked yeah, yeah. Jay Matete off, um, which Andy Warren, good old Andy, kind of knocked off in about when we were getting excited about. But now, nah, lads. Not happening. Um, so you can talk about Dom Thompson, Scott Fraser, Louis Barry, or Tyree Simpson, Craig. Uh, I'll, I'll go uh, Thompson, Don Thompson. Um, 
Yeah, that sort of came out the blue. Didn't we? Oh, after Vincent Young got ridiculously sent off, and I'm f- talking from his perspective, not the referee's perspective, <laughs> yeah. on, on Tuesday night, we all of a sudden started thinking, oh, crikey, you know, we've got nobody to play. Left, <coughs> excuse me, left wing back, um, left full back, whatever it happened to be. Um, and then pretty soon after, out of the blue, redhead Dom Thompson came uh, came appearing on our on our Twitter feeds. Um and it's quite interesting, actually, in the in, in the interview with him, he said that this had been or he'd been aware of our interest for two to three weeks. So oh, it obviously maybe not out of the blue then. Yeah, it obviously wasn't reactive from the Vincent Young. It may have been uh, expedited because of the situation <laughs> with Vincent Young, but Excellent. it wasn't it wasn't immediate. You know, we may have been waiting for the, the weekend or something. But yeah, so we got that one done and dusted. And uh, yeah, he made his, his first start yesterday. Um, it's It's a position that we all thought needed to be strengthened. Um, and yeah, we've, we've sort of done it now. We don't quite yet know how it's going to affect Coulson. He's still around an hour player for the time being, but you know, he's now filling up an extra loan slot and seemingly not any closer to appearing in the first team anytime soon. Dave, I'm absolutely fascinated in your feedback when you see Dom Thompson, because um, you're always very good um, first five minutes looking at, looking at a player. I've always thought you were good at that. Um, and Dom Thompson is one of these guys, he's not like an academy guy, is he? I know he went through Arsenal, but it's this Brentford B team um, business now. And we think the coaching at Brentford is very good. So I'm interested in your feedback when you see him play as to how he stacks up to um, an academy player. Because sometimes a few of us on the podcast have thought the problem-solving abilities of some of these academy players. They, they look very smooth and, you know, nice to watch. But uh, I, I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts on how that pans out and just general thoughts on Dom Thompson. Well, it's, it's, um, an, it's an interesting one. He's, he's, he's still only, well, he's 21, is he? I mean, he's, he's been through the Arsenal Academy from the age of 12 to 19, did I see? So he's obviously mm. well-schooled, Ben, isn't he? He's not, you know, he's, um, yeah, well-schooled and, you know, he's very, I would assume he's very technically well Craig can say. I assume he's very technically technically sound, and I would assume he'd be comfortable on the ball. So yeah, looking um, looking forward to looking forward to seeing him. It's an odd one with Coulson, isn't it? You would you would think that he's still here, isn't he? I mean, I, I don't know. That, that is a strange one. Maybe maybe he is reasonably close, and he's obviously lost a bit of confidence in Penny, or Penny perhaps lost a bit of confidence himself, had an injury as well. Um, uh, like we, I think we said on the on the pod in the week, myself and Rich. I just don't like to see right-footed players playing playing <laughs> in that left left back role. It just doesn't look right, doesn't? Would you not like to see Mohamed Salah cutting down Ipswich's well, right hand yeah, side right, onto his okay. left foot, Dave? Yeah, well, we <laughs> said, don't, don't oh, Rico, kind of said that. Unless it was Rico back, unless don't it was Mauricio Rico back, Dave. <laughs> yeah, unless it was Mauricio Rico, there was a caveat there. There was. You a don't want Mick Mills playing left back, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Play with a caveat. I don't like to see it. I don't like to see it. So it just doesn't, it just looks imbalanced. Um, yeah. yeah. It does look completely different if you've got left footer there, doesn't it? It just it widens the pitch. It immediately it widens the pitch. It does. I mean, it's how many times even on three, five, even against two Wimbledon, three, four, you know, three, where, where Vincent Young got in quite in decent positions. Yeah, it just has to, has to check back every time. So that doesn't work. So yeah, looking forward to, looking forward to seeing him. Sure, sure. Um, couple more to go. Craig, can you lump Tyree Simpson and Louis Barry together? Um, where are we with Tyree Simpson now? Do you think that seems there's a, a lot of um, what would Dave call it? Rumor and conjecture about um, Simpson's position and what perhaps he or his agent um, are after at the moment. Yeah, yes, they probably do link actually, don't they? Thinking about it. Um, yeah, so we've obviously brought. Simpson back and McKenna came out after Wimbledon to say it wasn't my decision to bring him back. It's the club stroke contractual discussion that's going on, um, which is a bit strange in itself in that we've <clears throat> got the option of another year um, to extend it if we wish on, on current terms, you'd assume. Um, but it just seems like from the outside looking in that we've he's currently umming and ahhing about whether to sign a contract, which we put on the table in front of him and we've brought him back to say, look, guy, it's under your. It's in your best interest that you do so here. I'm not <laughs> saying that thumb screws are involved or you know shining bright lights in anyone's faces in in dark rooms, but um, yeah, it just seems like there's a bit of contractual um, wrangling going on at the moment um, between us us and him and his representative. Um, and then hopefully, if that gets sorted in the next 24 hours, he can go back to Swindon and, and finish the 
finish the season there. Mm. Um, I think that would be the you know the, the best outcome for everyone. Um, and you can join up with Louis Barry, who who signed for them um, tail end of the week, uh, also on loan. Um, he didn't play. He didn't. I don't think he was in the squad yesterday for them in their one all draw against nine man Cole U. Um, but uh, yeah, so that he can he can form a, a partnership with uh, with Louis Barry, hopefully from from February through to the end of the season. Yeah, I think Craig's right, isn't he, Dave? I think the best case scenario here is a busy day with the agents between now and deadline day closing and getting back out to, to Swindon before 11pm yeah. tomorrow, right? You would think that would be the likely scenario. Yeah, fingers crossed, because he's obviously got something. He's albeit a bit raw, but yeah, he's got that sort of physicality and he's got a goal in him as well. So yeah, let's hope it all turns out well for all parties. I'd be interested in Joe's thoughts, actually. Villa have just sent um, a lad called Archer to Preston and a lad called Philogene Bidas to Stoke. Maybe we got the wrong Villa player having watched both of those two um, this past game week. They both look very decent. But good luck, of course, to Louis Barry. We've said many times, wrong place, wrong time. Poor old Scott Fraser, Dave, has been left till last. Probably not the first time we've said poor old Scott <laughs> Fraser um, this season. Um I think there's links with other League One clubs as well as the obvious one with Ross Martin, isn't there? What's what's your view on Scott Fraser? Good player, one of the best we came up against last season. But I, I, I dare you'll be say dare say you'll be saying similar things about Louis Barry as you you will about Scott Fraser. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what we've seen of Scott Fraser technically looks a good player, maybe lacks a bit of pace, but we just haven't. It just hasn't found that niche in the team, has it? We haven't found his best role really yet. Um, can't recall him really playing in a in a perhaps a much of a central role very much at all so maybe that would be his that would be his position but yeah I mean again it's another one of those signings a bit frust- a bit like Joe Piggott I guess a bit frustrating for frustrating for both parties again that he hasn't been able to well, have a consistent run and stake a place in the team and perhaps we just that's down to us we just haven't found his best best position yet I mean I can't recall him I know he's been had an injury and stuff but I can't really recall him being in actually many squads lately has he Many of the 18s, I don't think he has. So, um, again, yeah, uh, possibility that he may be on his way tomorrow. And, yeah, not surprisingly, because I think he's, I think there's, there is a good player there. Um, he's got one or two interested clubs. But we uh, paid just... for him, didn't we, uh, from memory? Oh, so, yes. You know, so, yeah. yeah, we paid for him. Yeah. We're not going to be, you know, letting him go on the cheap because Charlton bid for him and it was apparently I... less... I'd have thought a lot. I'm not talking about letting him go. I'd have thought perhaps a a loan somewhere. But yeah, he just hasn't worked, does it? Uh, Just quickly, I don't know if either of you saw this. Um, I'll I'll come to you, Craig. Um, Our good old friend Flynn Downs was wound up to the point of a red card by um, our good old friend Charlie Austin um, the other day. Nice to see um, Flynn's temper hasn't um, calmed down since he was at Ipswich. He looks good at um, Swansea, to be fair to him. And they look a lot worse... um, without him, but perhaps um, Scott Fraser and Flynn Downs may be linking up at Swansea, Craig. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Um, yeah, well, they could dovetail quite well, as actually, couldn't they, in a central midfield pair? Crikey, you'd, you'd like, them in, like them in our central midfield. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see with Scott Fraser. It, it seems, again, the obvious link with, with Russell Martin, doesn't it? Swansea, if they can give us give us what we paid for Scott Fraser, I'm sure mm. I'm sure he'd be, he'd shake everyone's hand and and we'd shake his hand and disappear. Just say it's just one of those ones that hasn't yet yet worked out. And as you say, similar lines to Piggott. But you know, if you're bringing in that volume of players and twenty players don't fit into an eleven no. man starting eleven, do they? There are going to be some that fall by the wayside. And unfortunately, that number seems to be getting higher and higher and higher at the moment. We talked about a lot of great returns in this opening segment, and I love. A big return. Um, maybe that big return could be Tyree Simpson returning to Swindon or Scott Fraser returning to work with Russ Martin or Andy Holt returning to Twitter. But the biggest return on the Blue Monday podcast today. Fried chicken more crisp than a James Norwood finish. Ribs more meaty than a Sam Morsey tackle. And wings as hot as Wes Burns. Favourite is Britain's tastiest chicken. And you, as a listener of the Blue Monday podcast, can get 20% off by entering BM20 at the checkout. Order direct from their menu at chicken-ipswich.co.uk. They'll deliver anywhere within a 2.7-mile radius of the store. That includes Portman Road. And if you're not quite as local as the Bond family, you can click and collect. 
The store is located just off Hadley Road. Favourite, Britain's tastiest chicken. David actually ran off towards his phone to order some favourite chicken there, I think, I, I during that. During Absolutely that. Absolutely. Uh, Favourite Chicken will be back, um, partnered with the podcast until the end of the season. All the bits and bobs and a frankly unbelievable promo from Mikey Penny Smith as well. Um, He came up with all of that himself as well, Craig. Uh, Shall we go to Sheffield Wednesday? Just quickly, um, Craig and Dave, I think maybe I've got Villa Park at the top, but Hillsborough, that's a great football ground, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, yeah, it is. Once you once you get in, inside and and you know to sort of take it all in, it's just one of those ones. I was I was there with my boy Oscar yesterday, and he's the first time he'd been there. It's the first time I've been there for nearly thirty years, actually. As it wow! But um, you, you sort of see it, and there's there's no real obvious like executive boxes or everything. They're quite high up in the stand to your right, and it's just all steeped stands. Yeah, there's no there's no break in them. It's just it's just seats, seats, seats everywhere, sort of thing. So yeah. You got the two clocks either side as well and stuff like that. So yeah, so it's a proper. They're starting to look its age now, shall we say as well? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a proper old football ground. All the streets literally behind the the back yeah. gardens, um, Dave as well. What, what a ground Hillsborough is, yeah. No, so as, as um, Craig said, or well, you said, one of the proper old old football grounds, you know, along with yeah, along with Villa Park. I don't know Goodison grounds like that. Yeah, Beautiful. Main Road. Sadly, oh, main road. Don't much don't start aligned. Me. What have I done? Hang on. Um, I'm going to have to filibuster, which is um, a great word for a musician because I need to press the button to get the team news up. There we go. Uh, so, um, Ipswich travelled to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, expectations? Well, I know, expectations, hopes. Are they ever high? Um, following uh, following the town, but here is uh, the team. Um, and we'll get your reactions to this. Um, it was Walton in goal. Um, back three of Danassian, Wolfenden, Edmondson. Uh, Burns and Thompson makes his uh, debut, as expected, down the left. A central midfield duo of Tyreek Backinson and Idris El Mizzouni. I'm sure that will get comment from the boys. Chaplin, Selena and Bon. Um, let's go to David first and then maybe Craig can put some more. Um, chicken meat on the bone, having actually. <laughs> um, Dave, um, your, your thoughts on on the selection there? Um, yeah, a surprising midfield too, perhaps. But then we subsequently realised that you you subsequently see no Tom Carroll there. And we subsequently congratulations to him. He's become a father again, or for the first time again, I think. Similar situation to. Sonia Luco the week before. I mean, most inconsiderate, really, but there you I go. Think, you can't have I, think, I know clubs are starting to sign people on the basis of their vaccination status. We, <laughs> we need to start signing people on the basis of, the, of their and maternity, snip. paternity, paternity state. Have you had the snip? Yes, right. <laughs> Come and join us. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so that was that was a bit annoying, and um, yeah, similar to sort of people said about Jackson in the week, sort of sort of shop window. I mean, it's been well sort of publicised. Um, out of Portman Road in the last couple of weeks that perhaps El Mizzouni and um, Harper are both out for up for loans if someone suitable comes in for them and lo and behold one appears back in the squad after I haven't seen him in Harper appears back in the squad for weeks and El Mizzouni actually gets uh, gets a start but you know obviously Evans not not being fit again having got injured in the warm-up last weekend um, obviously, Morsey, Morsey suspension. So, yeah, a new midfield pairing, which when I saw the team, I personally thought, I'm not really sure about that. And then, again, not not going with the two up front, playing those two two number 10s. As he <laughs> he hates it, Craig. Of course, I hate it because the other thing works, <laughs> doesn't it, for Christ's sake. Um, so, yeah, um, a little bit surprised, but then looking at looking at what was left, yeah. Yeah, fair um, I mean, personally, to me, uh, from what I've seen, I mean, I haven't seen, obviously, we don't get to see, we haven't seen Harper play for ages, I haven't seen Harper in training, obviously, but what Backinson, Baconson gives over Harper, I'm not really sure, perhaps Craig could fill us mm. in on that one, being Harper was, he's obviously long-term player of the season. <laughs> well, this was a conversation as soon as Backinson came in, wasn't it? It's it's not the lazy comparison some people um, think it is. Uh, Craig, I didn't think we'd have the word snip used quite in that context so close to a transfer deadline day. I thought it would have been um, used in a slightly different way. Um, 
your thoughts? I mean, I'd, I'd like to just focus you on Dave's last comment, which I do agree with. Give, given the options, what what else was he going to do, really? Yeah, that's 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 where we're at was now. Unfortunately, as, as Dave said earlier, we all knew that Morsey would be a miss in the four games that he was suspended for. But we also all knew that this, of all those four, this was the one that we'd really, really miss him in, and to a lesser extent, Evans as well. It's just one of those things whereby you know the the stars have aligned and, and we missed out on our two central midfielders who played God knows how many hundreds of games together, solid League One performers, and we had a as a result we had a very very lightweight um, central midfield yesterday, uh, and especially when you add in the two number tens ahead of them, they weren't exactly adding too much steel into the uh, no. into the equation either. Um, and just to talk about, we'll talk about Bankington now because as, as Dave mentioned him. Um, I, I know you were saying about um, Dave needing five minutes to tell how good a player <laughs> he's is. He's good. Well, he's good, yeah. I've had three games of watching back <laughs> so far. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't see any difference between him and Harper whatsoever. They, you know, they're both decent on the ball. Um, I'd argue that Harper, little we've seen of Harper, he looks a bit more elegant on the ball. But mm. they're both weak in the tackle. Neither of them seem to track back. I just don't see the difference or the reason why. I don't think, you know, we're, he's on a trial before you buy sort of scenario. Is he back into an in effect? You know, see how you do between now and the end of the season and we'll take you on. As things stand at the moment, I think he's going to be going back and dealing with the wrath of Nigel Pearson, I'd have thought. He's he's not offering. I say early doors, caveat all of it. You know, he mm. may turn out to be fantastic, brilliant. But yeah. at the moment, he just looks a little bit too lightweight and a little bit too lackadaisical. Um, yeah. in the Excellent. Sense. Lackadaisical. It's a good point you make because, look, if, if he's still around, presumably he's going to be. When Morsey comes back and Evans is still out injured, he might look at a completely different player in the centre yeah. there with Morsey alongside him. I mean, most people would do. Um, yeah. yeah, most and players what, would do. And that's what Harper, isn't it? Harper hasn't had the opportunity. No, to he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He, he, no, he was playing quite. alongside Evans when we weren't yep. quite mentioning particularly well yep. at the beginning of the season. But this parlays back into two points that have already been made this pod. One is Dave's... Um, like for a front two, which means you could go to a midfield three, which means a player like Backinson or um, Harper can have something behind him and not have to do that defending. And then again, the point that Craig made about squad and all those lovely um, Aluko, Fraser, Chaplin, um, Selena players. And I think understandably so, um, a couple of managers in a row now have wanted to get the number 10 figures on the pitch, haven't they, ahead of maybe a, a number eight. Yeah. But as we go through this Wednesday team, maybe there was a reason, being wise after the event, why a midfield three might have been um, preferable yesterday. Um, here is this Wednesday team then. Um, some familiar names here, Dave, and um, a bit of a similar structure to um, us in players that have actually done it at the, the higher level, obviously Wednesday at at this um, at League One level, I know people get annoyed with us saying this, but um, traditionally don't really play at this level, do they? I know they had a, a couple no. of runs in recent years. Uh, Bailey Peacock, Farrell in goal, obviously on loan from Burnley. Sam Hutchinson, who went away and came back. Harley Dean, who's not very popular with the Bur- with the Birmingham fans, but um, hasn't been in League One for a few years. Uh, Jordan Story, who we were linked with, um, Preston and again level up. Uh, Johnson and Mendes Lang, who we've played against before a level up for Middlesbrough and uh, Cardiff. Uh, Delhi Bashiro and then Mass Longo and Barry Bannon, who, well, yeah, I'll say no more. Um, Camberry and Josh Windass, who actually, in terms of output in League One, has been very good um, since he got back from injury. Um, I, I know Dave... Um, on paper and yeah, football's not played on paper, blah, blah, blah. Some some star power there in League One terms, isn't there? Yeah, and I think that just sums up our central midfield, the inexperienced, relative inexperience of our central midfield matchup against their two yesterday. You've got Bannon and Luongo who played pff, 500 games, probably more even maybe, you know, at that, uh, uh, that's very similar and above, sorry, but talking about, yeah, certainly a, above League One level. So, yeah, that sort of summed it up. A very experienced, solid-looking Sheffield Wednesday side, really, wouldn't you say? Which, yeah, a, a very much a mirror mirror image of the manager, really. And I don't know if, Craig, you can um, back this up, but immediately, just looking at that, we know about Luongo and Bannon. 
will just drop backwards. Both of them do it, don't they? And you can just look at the way we've lined up. There must have been space for them in sort of deep central midfield positions. So I'm sure Craig will um, let us know from his vantage point during the game. But it just, Craig, it just doesn't appear to match up too well on paper, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And now you're right. The first half, especially second half, not so much. Bannon um, didn't get on the ball so much. Neither did Longo. We sort of started to get back into the game and get a bit of a grip on the on the centre midfield. Certainly, El Mazzuni started to get more into the game second half before he was taken off. Um, but what the Sheffield Wednesday lineup shows is just the two two up front. It wasn't necessarily a direct two up front. It was Windass was sort of um, buzzing around Canberry, but Canberry was big, strong, muscled Edmondson out of the way, muscled Wolfenden out of the way, and just allowed that gap, therefore, to, to free up for someone else, whether it be um, Windass or whether it be Mendes Lang on the wing. You know, they, they just they were acting more as a pair, and poor old. McCauley Bond was just up there all by himself. That's not the first time we've heard it. He was just up there all by himself, winning flick-ons to nobody. Um, don't wind Dave up about that. And on the on the rare occasion, <laughs> oh, he, to be fair, my, my. So, yeah. he, oh, wasn't, nice. he, he, he wasn't great, um, he wasn't great himself, Bond, yesterday. It was bouncing off of him um, when he did get it to feet. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't a, a great uh, performance all round, unfortunately, from us, formation-wise or uh, individually. Just thought I'd break into a bit of Eric Carmen for you on a Sunday well, morning, Ben. Dave, I was going to say, I know you were singing the Eric Carmen version, but yeah, I immediately too. thought of the Celine Dion version. And no, no a, that wasn't that wasn't the Celine no, version at all. But there is something you would like, Dave. There's a brilliant, oh. you'd like this as well, Craig, brilliant um, documentary with the great producer, David Foster, who obviously produced that record, but did Earth, Wind and Fire in Chicago and um, did, all did. of that good stuff. A great producer, great piano player. And a, right, uh, writer, Craig, of one of my favourite guilty pleasures, um... In that key. Yeah, he sings it with John John, John Parr. Didn't John Parr retire the other day? Yeah, he did, okay, it's it's come round, everybody. There it is. It's not written, I promise. Um should we talk about this goal then? I'll give my view first. Ooh. And um so we're gonna go behind on six minutes, and Craig obviously had a lovely bird's eye view of um, <laughs> this right in front of him. Um, I know we're going to get crap, and I know we're going to get searching for mistakes. Um, can I just play devil's advocate slightly? Mendes Lang just gets his head down. He is in no way crossing that to um, Johnson, who sticks it in the net. Um, as Dave would say, he's putting it in an area, um, and then we get into a conversation. Can I, of- can I just say something quickly for Craig? Deep cross for Johnson at the far post. Oh, oh, oh. leave it there. That's <laughs> unstoppable. Is all I'll say to that. Um, let's, not, let's not let's not compare. The, we compare the comments. <laughs> compare the crosses. Oh, God. Um, but my point was, um, and I'm going to give one of the worst bits of football analysis. It's one of them, isn't it? Where he just gets his head down. He crosses it in. Um, I don't have any particular truck with Danassian and Edmondson. Okay, they're you know they're trying to mark Canberry. Yes, maybe Burns might lose Johnson, um, but when you look when the ball's crossed, um, it's a really good run by Johnson. To be fair, he's about thirty yards outside the or away from the goal at that point. But there's an element of bad defending. There's an element of good execution and an element of luck in terms of Mendes Lang just getting it out of his feet and sticking it, as Dave would say, in an area. Craig? Yeah, well, I think in in Burns' defence, he I don't suppose he was expecting Edmondson to be losing the ball where he did, you know, up in the left-back position or left-wing-back position. Edmondson got himself in a bit of a, a bit of a pickle, didn't he? Um, he'd sort of rode out the Windass tackle initially and got himself a bit further up the pitch and then just got crowded out and harried and hassled and, and lost the ball. And then, as you say, it gets um, put to Mendes Lang. And, he, and as soon as he crossed it, you sort of thought, oh, thank God for that. He's overhit this. It's gone way exactly. beyond the far post. And it didn't have any sort of whip on it. You know, crikey, we're not com- comparing it to any <laughs> crosses that had No whip, no real culture to it at all. It was just literally yeah, lumped and high. And it was quite a high floaty one. And as you say, just took everyone out of the game and Burns was on his heels and... Again, as you say, Johnson made a decent blindside run and hit good it finish. Across the wall. And yeah, it was, yeah, good finish. It was a really good finish. A really good finish. 
Yeah, I agree. Burns is culpable there, isn't he? Just lets he just lets him run off him. Craig, you're right. It was a high hanging cross, and I, I guess almost Burns was guilty of ball watching. It was such a high cross. He's almost thinking like, oh, okay, that one's okay. What well, it's a great run from John. I mean, Johnson just takes off, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's, the... it's a good it's a good finish. It's a really good finish. Bloody hell! So he gets it. You know, the probably hard only yards, can... aren't they, Dave? Sorry, they're called the hard yards, aren't they? He makes yes. that run. Oh, Ten times quick. in a game doesn't get the ball nine of yeah. the times. And it's it is frankly a, the cross is not meant for him and Burns no, is probably in an like, area. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late because he's bombing and by the yeah. by the time by the time he by the time he um he, he passes Burns, he's at full full pelt. But it's a hell of a finish because that's probably the only place he could put it. You know, diagonally, you know, Walton's nowhere near at fault because Walton's just standing in a good position and it just, you know, cuts cuts across him. It's a great finish. And um yeah, yeah, I, I probably agree. Edmondson perhaps shouldn't be getting caught there. Danassian, a bit static, but you wouldn't put that one down to him. Yeah. No, no. Um, Craig, we'll lean on you then fairly heavily for this. Um, so, do you want to sort of guide us through? I've I've heard the Kieran McKenna interview and he, you know, his argument was that they'd started all right and that was, uh, we've all been to these away games, haven't they? Where you do your drive, you sit down and the first time they go in there, go in the box, <laughs> they score and you're like, oh, really? It's going to be like that today, is it? But um, I think the the glaring stat, and I'm going to preempt you that, um, well, two two numbers that I don't like, well, one I do and one I don't, is 65% possession, zero shots on target. So if you can kind of um, get to that in your in your assessment, um, Craig, um and how close is Kieran McKenna in terms of control and them scoring out of the blue? Yeah, to be fair, well, the first five six minutes, <clears throat> yeah, we were in control of the bunch, in control of the ball, <laughs> and we were probably in control of the ball for the subsequent eighty four minutes. But the problem being is that that ten second gap in the middle, where <clears throat> they were a lot more clinical than than we ever were for the rest of the rest of the match, um, and they, those two stats you you said do entirely um give an interpretation of the match we we and not for the first time we huffed and puffed we were very pretty on the ball but they as soon as jeff wednesday scored they knew that they could just sat back sit back in a low block and let us play around with it and we did we play around with it we knocked it from side to side but there was just no penetration either with the ball or without the ball and again we'll go back to it there's sammy morsey there was no one breaking from midfield the times that Backerson got the ball and passed it back, I know that that may be a, because there was no one no one ahead of him to pass to. But you've got two number tens in theory ahead of you. You should be finding some sort of space. Um, Selena was quiet. He had one run in the first half. We we nicked it off of them um, high up on the on our left wing, and he cut in and had a had a shot. Uh, that was pretty much our only shot of the game. Um, none of Chaplin's touches were coming off. His little flicks here and there weren't coming off. Um, his normal passes weren't coming off. We passed the ball out of play umpteen times under under no pressure. Um, yeah, Thompson, again, across his first game, he doesn't yet know his players. But he, he gave us, obviously, the whip. He gave us the balance. He didn't bomb on um, particularly. Um, he, cut, he cut back an awful lot. He Mendes Lane got a lot of crosses in um, from his side of the pitch. Um, he did stop a few, but there were also a few of them um, flying in. Um, it just looked, it, second half, especially when you expect them to come out a bit more blood and thunder and, and a bit more intent, they, we just seem to be playing like we were the guys who were in front still that, you know, we're happy to hold on to the ball. You come and break us down sort of thing. Um, and it took a, a long while for us to bring on another another striker initially, Norwood, and then swapping out um, Piggott for, for Bonn to give us some sort of um, presence up front. But again, even then, we didn't really use them um, particularly. We just didn't seem to be able to break away from plan A of containing, keeping control of the ball, keeping control of the ball, and you know maybe once or twice gambling that a ball forward, we may lose it, but we may get something out of it. You know, Having lots of possession isn't the difficult bit. Lambert and Paul Cook have proved that. You know, we, can, we can keep the ball all day if you want to. But doing something with it is the is the tricky part that um, we didn't seem to be able to to pull off yesterday. It was it was toothless from start to finish, unfortunately. So uh, just quickly back to you, Craig, because um, you, you saw it obviously. To what extent um, were they better than us compared with that circumstantial thing of a goal flying in in 
in six minutes because from what you from what you're saying if it had been nil nil at 40 minutes and the pressure's building up the game plan would have been um frankly more I, I know obviously you have to then react don't you having gonna go down but do you understand what i'm asking no they they had they definitely had the better chances definitely 100 right. they, they mendez lang should have scored he he um he had an opportunity whereby he he cut inside um i think Bannon crossed it and Edmondson missed it and it sort of bumbled to Mendes Lang. Outside of the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cut in and, and cut in again and and just ended up shanking it high, wide and handsome, but it should have at least hit the target from that. They had a corner where um Hutchinson, I think it was on the literally on the six yard line, hit it straight at um hit it straight at Ward. And this is all in the first half. Second half they didn't create too much at all, but that may be by virtue of them just sitting and, and seeing the game out and managing managing the game from then on in. What's your reaction to what Craig has said, Dave? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go back to what you said. It's very much, um, I'm sorry, and Craig said as well, very much, I uh, hate to say it, a Lambert-Cook type performance, a lot of possession, but no um, no end product, as a Sunderland fan said to me after the Sunderland game up there. You were all, you were, what does he say? You were all fart and knee shate. <laughs> and um, I think that probably that probably sums it up, doesn't it? Um uh, Walton made a really good save second half. What was that? Did he? Did they make? I saw it on the highlights, and and Matthew said it was, and Brenner actually commented on that. Was might have been a bit Hollywood, but that looked a really good save from Bannon. You'd always tell when the when the player himself sort of holds his head in his hands, thinking shit. Thought that was in the top corner, but yeah, it's all very disappointing, really, that we got back to just you know just no penetration and no creation of chances. Obviously, Morsey's a factor in that, you know, breaking the lines perhaps from that central position as he has been doing, especially under um especially especially under McKenna. So yeah, it was a game we all said going into it, look, we'll take a point, but as Craig said, I don't think we deserved anything. No. I don't think what, we were robbed was, at all. No, we weren't. We weren't. What what was um quite apparent yesterday and what was apparent at Bolton as well, Bolton did the same thing. And so did Wimbledon in the first, first half. Yeah, they pressed us, but they also didn't give Burns any space behind no. the no. left back or the left fullback, yeah. whatever formation we're playing against. Bolton, they were right up against him and saying, Right, you have the ball. And if you can Happy beat our man there. when you put the ball when you got the ball at your feet, good luck yeah. to you. But it's not something that he can do. He'll he'll knock it past someone and run past them, but that doesn't always come off. If you can no. knock the ball in into that gap behind their fullback, he's all over it, isn't he? You know, um, yeah. which is what he did twice um, in the second half at Wimbledon. But yesterday, he didn't get hit umpteen times. He'd had the ball at his feet with a fullback to beat, and that's not where he wants to be. Also, Craig, as we have mentioned before this morning, perhaps initial substitution, wrong one, should have been back and sent off, and Elmiz stayed on. It sounded like Elmizuni was sort of growing into the game second half and having yeah. a lot more yeah. influence, a lot more influence yeah. on the game. Yeah, he was. He was. But I don't know what a fitness. It may be a fitness thing. I don't know. But True. yeah, I, you know, given the choice, I, it would it would have been um, Packers coming off. I say he didn't. He didn't really impress me much, and he didn't. Huh, don't impress me much. Um, and he didn't seem <laughs> to impress much of the crowd around me either. Shall we say? I yeah. think David Foster might have produced that. <laughs> I think is that David? Sounds... no, it's Mutt Lang is Shania Twain, isn't it? She's married to him, isn't she? Matt Lang, who did Def Leppard and ACDC oh, and yeah, your, your music We're going into a record producer. Way, way above. Rabbit hole. Any music fans are going to smart me up. I think it is Matt Lang. And yeah, I've dropped I've dropped one there. I'm sure I'll get um, told about it on Twitter. George Martin. No, it wasn't. Anyway. <laughs> well, you just... Well, there's the goat. Yeah, but there you go. Just um, to throw that in. Yeah, right. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. 
If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, wild day in League One yesterday. So Christ. I'm trying to sum this all up. Maybe what? our result at Bolton looks a little bit um, better now. But so Rotherham went back to the top. Wigan, we were waiting for the, the normal Wigan goal around about 4.35 on a Saturday. It didn't come. They drew nil-nil. Sunderland lost... 6-0 to Bolton. 6. 6-0. Um, MK and um, both Joe and I thought this. Oh, the top four are away and gone. No, they're not. MK win at uh, Wig- uh, Wickham. Yeah. Excuse me. We now have a top five. So Wickham a fifth. Oxford won 7-2 at Gillingham. And Cameron Brannigan scored four penalties in one game. Ridiculous. Um, and unfortunately for us, Plymouth also won, and obviously Sheffield Wednesday won because they're playing us. So these results literally could not have been any worse. Um, the three teams directly above um, town winning, and I think we've got this coming up in the questions about the distance between um, us and the playoffs and the bad start and all of that, but it's now a nine-point gap up to Oxford. Oxford have a game in hand. Wednesday have two games in hand. Um, but uh, does anyone want to comment on either a player scoring four penalties in one game or Lee Johnson losing 6-0? It's, it's, it's a couple of things there. I had a look this morning and I obviously saw that four. I thought, well, I wonder what the individual record. And I, I, I thought, I've got to have a look for that because I really didn't know that. And I had a look. But I couldn't find the individual like Brannigan did. Yes, they took four. There was some really obscure record for the Guinness Book of Records. In 2021, Marvin Sordell X. Watford of this parish right, yeah. and others took 557 penalties in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> in a football match? Not in one game. No, obviously it wasn't a game. It was some, it was, uh, and he's apparently in the Guinness, <laughs> Book of, uh, the Guinness Book of Records for that, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was amazing. Um, and, Sunderland, and, and by the same version, Toto Enciala gave away 557,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
and I'm not going to include the ridiculous points per game season in this. I've taken that one out. But last 10 seasons, seventh place. Um, and I know some people prefer to work it on sixth. I just go from if you dropped a team into the table, what would it finish? What would it take them to finish above seventh? We can focus on Oxford and sixth in a minute. But seventh place last nine out of 10 seasons, 74, 72, 68, 72, Whoa. 74. 65, 68, 71, 73. So a high of 74 in seventh place. So obviously you'd need 75 points. A low of 65. I think we can all see with one glance at the table, it's not going to be 65 this season. And Plymouth at the moment in seventh are tracking um, 70. I'll write this all down. Um, I don't know what they're... uh, 77.21. So at the moment to get past... Plymouth would take 78. Oxford are tracking 80, um, which is very, very high. So um, I know there's two ways of looking at the stats. The drop someone in above seventh. But to actually focus on Oxford, you need 80 points. At the moment, to get past Plymouth is 2.17 points per game for us. Um, I haven't calculated it for Oxford. Um, Obviously, we're at 1.41, but Kieran McKenna is at two points per game. But the long and the short of it, with all those silly numbers, Craig, it's a high tide and it's a long, long way back. Yeah. Um, unlikely, I think, is the answer to the initial <clears throat> yes. question. Um, but the thing is, well, you look at the two teams below us, you know, Burton <clears throat> have got a game in hand. Yeah. Portsmouth, what, three games in hand on us. They're only three yeah. points behind us. So <laughs> it's yet, you know, you'd assume they may get three points out of it, three of those games. Um, and it's just another body in the way, isn't it, as well? It's it's I mean, looking less and less unlikely. Yes, Yesterday was the game, wasn't it? If we'd have, even if we got a draw, but if we'd have got a win... We'd direct have been rival, there, Craig. Exactly that. Exactly. And that's, I was chatting to... This is going to sound a little, little bit weird. I was chatting to a guy outside the toilets in, at Peterborough Services yes. on, the, on the way back yesterday. As I Excellent. came out, he's, he was like, um, I'll cheer up, because obviously we're both wearing us. I said, there's nothing to be happy about at the moment. And we were sort of saying that it's all very well beating the teams below you and looking fantastic about teams below you. You've got to beat the teams above you. It hasn't been the same. It's been the same every year, isn't it, for two, two three, four seasons. Yes. It's all very well. You'll end up in eighth, ninth, tenth position because yeah. by virtue of beating the teams below you and not beating the teams above you. And that's exactly where we'll end up, I think. Well, and ironically, this season, it was the start of the season when we actually didn't beat the teams below us. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, you, you just look at it, and, and it's it's such a big game yesterday. Now Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, two games in hand, two points ahead as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough ask. I think it's a tough it ask. I mean, the real the, the only hope, Dave, is that as Craig says, you maybe you almost want to throw Pompey into the mix as well, and just hope that everyone starts tripping over point. each other. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the um the. I mean, the biggie's coming up three games time. Wow. Um, 12th of Feb, MK Don's away. That's Ouch. a huge game. Yard, yardstick. I, I think so, given that, look, who the next two games, who you would, uh, well, if you don't pick up six points for the next two games, you want bloody shooting. Hold fire um, on on that one. We'll talk about that in a sec. A couple more questions. Um uh, Andrew, can Ben tell us more about Backinson and Thompson? Not overly convinced by Backinson today, but willing to give him time. Um, well, on Backinson, I'll defer to what Craig has already said earlier in the pod, having seen him a, a few times. And the comparisons with Harper are not the lazy comparisons that people um, people perhaps suggested they were when he arrived based on the profile of the player. Um, Thompson's a bit more interesting. Um, hasn't quite stepped up at Brentford obviously Brentford is a is a high bar the I suppose the slight worry um although the Brentford standard is um third quartile of the Premier League as opposed to second quartile of League One where we are um so when Rico Henry got injured for Brentford they elected to play Sergi Canos a right winger at left wing back and Saman Godos who's like a number 10 as well so He's not favoured by Thomas Frank, put him that way. But that's not to say that he can't do something good. And to quote the great David Diamond, there's a player in there and it's just now man management circumstance situation, isn't it? And will the player now go, oh, I was at Arsenal. I got promoted to the Premier League. 
oh, now I'm at Ipswich. I'm I'm good. But yeah, do I now need to knuckle down and um, get things moving? Um, David, we'll put this one to you because um, Craig wouldn't have been listening on the radio yesterday. Uh, Will, can Radio Suffolk not do any better than Matthew? Are we into summarise of bashing again here, Dave? Oh dear, yeah, yeah. He actually came up. <clears throat> he actually came out on air um, yesterday, and he's obviously his next scheduled game is going to be Doncaster away. And he basically said, if we don't beat them, he's going to quit. So I think there might be a few. <laughs> he actually said that. Obviously, tongue in cheek, but um, funny enough, when he said it, I didn't hear Brenner radically disagreeing <laughs> with him that much. To be fair, so um, yeah, you can be sure he'll get some. Uh, well, heaven forbid, if we don't beat them, he could well get some grief there. But uh, to be fair, yesterday he was <clears throat> he was as uh, pretty much he wasn't far out of what well, he was obviously watching. But what Craig said he was saying that Thompson was solid enough, but just not. As Craig, yeah, Craig did so on his debut, just not getting forward enough. Could have been, you know, kept checking, checking back inside. He didn't really see what Backington adds to the team. So pretty much, as we he said, as it was for once yesterday, really. Said we were usually toothless up front again. You know, no, not toothless up front. Just felt sorry for Bond. He said, just yeah, okay, and any greatest game, but just no service and totally isolated. Back inside, back in sun, back in black. I hit the sack. It's good to know. I'm glad to be back. Uh, this is Lee, who's glad to be <laughs> neither of them, neither of them let out a titter. They're struggling with that partridge stuff. You, you love it, really, don't you? He said, "Back inside, back in soon." I, I just, I, what I do is I take and just add a little bit. Um, I know what you sprinkle stardust, Ben. Sprinkle some <laughs> sprinkle juice some on turd. it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Craig, uh, I don't know, this, this question is going to depress you, but um, we always put the questions on. Lee asks, um, can we just concede the season is over now? Um, and people are not going to like these words, but allow McKenna to build for next season. I don't know if we're doing a lot of building for next season for the past 15 years. But um, <laughs> when you look at the numbers, if... Uh, look, uh, what I will say is there's an argument that Plymouth will regress to the mean, isn't there, Craig? They're still... Their points per game is based on a ridiculous start under Ryan Lowe, who's not there. Oxford winning 7-2 in sixth is concerning, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and the, the, you'll get the things coming out of the out of the club, but it's not over till it's mathematically impossible, etc., cetera, et cetera. But it's got to come up to a point very soon. And, and the, the, the East Anglian guys are saying the same thing, that this is it now, isn't it? This has got to be it now. You know, how many times are we, are we going to get to a game and say, God, this is now a must win. If we don't win this, then that is it over. But you know damn well that, well, do we? That we'll win our next two and we'll still yeah. just be edging, edging An MK. there or thereabouts. Yeah, and then we'll be down to Milton Keynes and Dons and then we'll lose that one and then we're back to square one again. Um, but you do you do wonder whether, and, and I think McKenna said in, in his own um, post-match afterwards is that when I came in, we were so far behind that we are just looking to, you know, if results come, results come. What we're looking to do at the moment is just concentrate on performances and structure and getting the team ready to play how we want them to play and again by you know are, you, are we seeing that by virtue of people like as they said at the beginning people like Jackson all of a sudden appearing and having a match people like El Mazzuni appearing and having a match is he actually just seeing these guys he can see them all day during the week in training mm-hmm. until such time as they play matches and he can see them you know in the white heat of an atmosphere at Hillsborough as it was um, he doesn't know what they're going to be like in match scenarios. And it's sort of giving him an idea in the back of his head as to what he wants next season looking for. And he'd be an idiot if he wasn't using it for, for that purpose. But I think we're now at the point, and we'll certainly know, I think, after Milton Keynes, we're, we're just out of games, aren't we, by then? Once we've, once Milton Keynes is out of the way and we've got um, March, where we've got Portsmouth and Oxford and Plymouth, three out of three, we'll, we'll know by then. We'll yeah. Yeah. Dave, any reaction to that? No, not really. You can see it playing out. I mean, you can see just looking at the, the, the games in February, you can see, okay, Gillingham at home, Donny away, you can see six points there, MK away. And then you've got Burton at home, Cheltenham, Cheltenham at home, here we go. And then possibly Morecambe away. You can just see it. You can just see it playing out. Look, we need... Oh God, I've got to say the obvious. We need to somehow pull a. Will it be a surprise? Pull a result out of the bag. We've done it perhaps this season away at Wickham, away at Portsmouth. You know, if we I look the at the way season, those two teams play, Dave. Though there's there's not a coincidence, good. is there? That yeah, though, it's a good point. It's a good you, point. You know, you, you you know, we win the next two games, go to MK, pull off a result. It would be, but obviously, um, Morsey will be back for that one. 
Um, well, what a game, you know, and what what a following going to have there. My God, about four thousand, isn't it? All told, probably. Um, yeah, we pull out a result there, and then you look at the next two games, Burton. It's just. It's just a hope, isn't it? Is we so we do it every week, don't we? I don't know why we bother anymore. Yeah, you know, looking at the fixtures ahead because we do it every week, and it's the hope that gets you. But are um, we, are we forecasting, there. Dave? Something like sixth place has got I don't know seventy six to seventy eight points, maybe seventh close, and then there'll be a gap, won't there, of like seven or eight points, and there's a worry that yeah we're going to be we might just fall into that below chasm. that. Below yeah. that chasm. Yeah. Um, couple more comments. Um, <laughs> Muller, are we pronouncing it Backinson or Backinson? Um, I mean, Craig has Craig has some opinions <clears throat> on my pronunciation um, of names, but I'm very bohemian about this. I believe that language is um, fluid, and if a name is said in good faith, that um, we should accept variation in language. And um, you know, that's a that's a beautiful thing that a Colombian might pronounce. How would a Colombian pronounce Backinson? I, I don't know. We should we should enjoy all types of um, the pronunciation, and if it's done in in good faith, we shouldn't subordinate uh, people. And it's only ever a preferred prone and no, a preferred pronunciation, um, isn't it? So there we go. I, I, um, think right. young, I think if young Tyreek is watching, he has to come out on Twitter and tell us how we pronounce his name properly. But that's my point, Dave. It's only ever his preferred pronunciation of it isn't it you well, know you'd guess, and... he'd, he'd guess he'd know what the correct one is but yeah true but it's just language isn't it language yeah, flows yes. dave it changes yes. doesn't you need it? to have I a don't... word with richard woodward then ben because he's forever telling poor old seb off for not pronouncing names correctly on the pre-match show uh, uh, rich is a free spirit rich and this is this is this is right this is right to do so um the, the one thing i'll say is if someone tells me off for pronouncing the name quote wrong that's the one surefire guaranteed way i had it with do it yeah i'm just i, re- I remember that next time you introduce me ben <laughs> what Ow. craig both in <laughs> um no um so i had it the other day josh timon of stoke supposed to pronounce it timon right definitely timon now all match brilliant i'm, I'm all for it right and do you get and do you get comments from the fans do they pick, obviously pick up on that and give you give you pelters for it or not really they just yeah, go with yeah, the flow yeah, it's boring. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the surefire game. If they were really smart about it, they would tell me the their non preferred way of yeah. pronouncing it. Yeah. And uh, then I would. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would then very contrarily, um, you know, do it the other way around. Yeah. But yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, what's worse, a contrarian or a pedant? Hey, I think I'm probably both. So you've already mentioned it quickly to wrap up today um, in the It's the Hope That Kills You. Um, the next two games coming up are very much, well, for God's sake, it's Gillingham and Doncaster who are the bottom two at home. Um, Craig? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor old Gillingham are getting their backsides handed to oh. them weeks, aren't they, at the moment? And it sort of puts our, our performance into perspective a little bit, <laughs> doesn't it, I suppose? Yeah, we were hop, skipping and jumping away from uh, Priestfield a few weeks ago, saying, wow, wait, here we go. And everyone else is doing similar to them. So, yeah. I'd imagine, God, that's that's going to be a nailed on, nailed at home win. Put your put your mortgage on that, everyone, and, he, and potentially Donny as well. You know, um, Plymouth were one nil down. Weren't they? We passed them actually. I think Plymouth were going towards Doncaster, and we were going towards Sheffield on the M something eighteen maybe. And um, yeah, they were one nil down, but ended up I think pretty comfortably turning it around and scoring three goals away from home. So there's no real reason why we shouldn't be expecting similar uh, in a couple of Tuesdays' time. But Dave, as you've said, it's all well, well and good having forty-seven points from thirty-one games going into MK, isn't it? Um, look, obviously, there, there's a job to be done in these in these two home games. Yeah, there are. Get get your work done on those. Get your work done. Get the points in the bag. Hopefully, a few go, goals as well wouldn't go amiss. Obviously, for the old, because again, you know, goal difference and all that it was worth a obviously what is worth a a point. Um, yeah, and then the big, that is, I mean, <laughs> when the next two go, I mean, that, that really sets it up. That sets it up brilliant. I should have checked who MK, you can probably tell me who MK have got in the next, I'm sure they've got a game in, they have got a game in the week, haven't they? Um, Oxford, they've got Oxford at home in the week on Tuesday, so that's a... Uh, they've got I'm oh, sorry, um, no, 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 I'm looking Lincoln, at Wigan. So Oxford have got Wigan, sorry, yeah. Oh, Oxford have got Wigan, well, that's some... Yeah, Oxford have got Wigan, but, not yeah. MK in the week, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, who did Sounds you say MK had? <laughs> yeah, they're not hard games on paper. It's um, yeah. uh, Lincoln at home and then Fleetwood away, who are both yeah. 
um, bottom eight, aren't they? Um, if memory serves. Anyway, um, great stuff, guys. Uh, that'll do for uh, today. Um, thank you for listening to the Blue Monday podcast. Follow on Twitter at Blue Monday um, ITFC, um, Acast, and contributions and all of that uh, good stuff. And everything's nice and neatly found at bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Last word, Craig? Uh, no, not much to say, really, I'm, I'm, other than, yep, let's get these two nailed on definite three <laughs> points in each out of the way, and then we'll all move on to um, move on to Milton Keynes with our inflatables, and I can have another inflatable cock and balls thrown into my face <laughs> as, as I did at uh, Southampton away in the FA Cup. Looking forward. Don't to take all. it if you haven't got one ready. Is all I'll is all I'll say when you um, when you haven't. Um, yeah, no. Move on, uh, Dave. Last word. Um, not much really. Just a good luck shout for the ITFC ladies this afternoon playing the cup match away at Newcastle. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Get involved on uh, Twitter and. Oh, yeah, we might be trying something out uh, midweek as well. So do check our Twitter for that. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, and, yeah, it's the hope that kills you. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.